right, hello everyone, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Rumcast, the final episode of 2022. I almost said 2023, but it's the final episode yeah. of 2022, John, and we decided to do something extra special for this episode. Usually these episodes are reserved for our Rumcast patrons. We're going to go ahead and release it to everyone. Uh, we've never yeah. done this before. It's the first time, but it, you know, tis the season, as they say. So exactly. a little surprise gift to close out the year. We're releasing this episode to everyone. So if you notice a strange episode in your feed that, and you're like, why did this come out so soon? <laughs> That's why. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. We're, we're, we're more relaxed in these bonus episodes yeah. too. So it's, you know. Very laid back. Yeah. It's like yeah, Rumcast, it's Rumcast ba- after dark. <laughs> I love it. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> um, normally with these episodes, we, we have a variety of different types we do for these. Uh, one type is what we call release rumblings, where we look at some upcoming releases or upcoming potential releases. Sometimes these are officially announced. Sometimes they're things we've noticed on the TTB registry and things like that. But just interesting releases that catch our eye that we're, you know, looking, we think are notable or looking forward to explore in some way when they come out. So we're going to run through a handful of those. But before we get to that, since it's the end of the year, John, and this is the time when everyone starts thinking about their plans for the new, not everyone, but a lot of people obviously start thinking about Mm -hmm. their plans for the new year, making resolutions, setting goals, dreaming, making wishes about what they want to come true in 2023. And I thought it would be fun if we each came with a rum category, rum industry, rum whatever wish for 2023, something rum related related. that Mm -hmm. we hope happens in 2023, something that we want to happen. Now, now, a lot of times we do annual predictions as well around right. this time of year. These are not predictions. They're just things that we desire They're in some capacity in our, predilections. In our heart of hearts. <laughs> yeah, predilections. Exactly. Predilections. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I don't, we haven't talked about what ours are. We did, you know, we, we went about our own ways and, and came up with our wishes in advance. So I knew you would have one, but I'm interested to find out what yours is. Do you, do you want to be the first or should I jump right into mine? Yeah, I, I'll go first for this one, I guess. So first, I think it's a, a it, when you pitched it, I thought, you know, yeah, that's a nice idea. I had to warm up to it, but I was like, thinking about how many times the last few years I remember the year starting off and people like already trying to proclaim it like a dumpster fire you know like <laughs> yeah. oh 2022 is terrible already yeah, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. it's just been you Here know we a go few again. tough years yeah exactly so I like <laughs> this idea I like that you're we're, we're starting off on a good foot we're thinking 2023 is going to be good things and a, a a better year in some ways than 2022 or 2021 yeah, so I'm, um, I'm not that much of an optimist but I do think <laughs> that there this if there's a time of year for optimism it's this time of year so yeah. why not why yeah. not look on the bright side why not be glass half full exactly glass half glass i like how you said did that I glass gla- half did full? i say glass half full wow um <laughs> what language this, is that this is what happens in the in the bonus episodes yeah glass half full so that that tells, um, that tells me that your yours is going to be a positive wish. I'm looking forward to it. It is a positive wish, and you know, like you said, it's time for us to look back and then we look forward. So, in looking forward to 2023, I think 2022 for me was kind of the year of 
independent bottlers in a way. Mm-hmm. Not that, I mean, independent bottlers have been around forever, of course, but I, I think we started to see with Holmes Key and now others that are coming into the market in the US market, particularly, that there's more offerings from independent bottlers and we're seeing more coming, yeah. um, which I think shows a healthy and strong rum market here. Mm-hmm. And also, I think globally, I think globally there's a lot of action uh, as well with independent bottlers doing a lot of things, as we're going to talk about in a little bit with some of these uh, other new releases. From, yeah. you know, So I'm thinking what I wish for 2023 is I want to see these independent bottlers continue to grow and continue to bring us things perhaps from different distilleries or different countries making rum that we have yet to see here in the past. So you want and, them to to uh, to expand their horizons a little bit is what yes, I'm hearing. Yes, and maybe take some risks. Mm. And and what I mean by that is, you know, it. We all know there's great rums from, you know, b- pick a country: Jamaica, Barbados, Fiji, yeah, yeah. Uh, many others that that we know are already well established. We we know they're going to sell. We know that they're they're good. I think there are other places out there. Yeah, but it's going to be a risk because the market doesn't yet know about them, or you have to experience it to try it and there's always a lot of risk involved with that and i understand that but i also think in order for the market to continue to grow well you can only have so many barbados or fiji or whatever releases out there before the market kind of sits on those so i want to see my wish is that independent bottlers will start to take risks on maybe distilleries that are somewhere in the world and somehow get them imported to different markets like the U.S. market or what's not in the European market that is in the U.S. market and share it over that way, mm-hmm. vice versa. So, you know, more globalization in that way. That's my wish. Do I predict? I don't know. We'll see when that comes to it. If I, if I really think that's a prediction, no. But I wish and I hope to see that. I'm like Thanos, Will. I want to collect all the Infinity Stones. Uh-huh. And, and I see it like anytime I see a country that I've never seen before mm-hmm. on a bottle name, like the name, I don't know, Vietnam, I think I saw recently. And I was like, ooh, how do I get that? Right. I, so, I feel like you're more like, um, what's the kid's name from Pokemon? Yes, Ash. Ash. Yeah, I'm you're Ash like from Ash. Pokemon. You got to catch them all. <laughs> exactly. I, yes. Y- yeah. And I, I do feel like there are, a, we do see examples of this, right? Because I think a lot of independent bottlers share that enthusiasm for sourcing, like finding those mm-hmm. new places. And so we see mm-hmm. it sometimes, you know, when, when an independent bottle, like uh, in our year interview episode, you know, we talked about rums from Taiwan, you know, mm-hmm. that the the whiskey exchange did an exclusive bottling. Although that was kind of like partnering with the distillery in some capacity, but sure. Um, which is fine. Yeah. yeah that kind of needs to take place a lot of times right. anyway, because a lot right. of times these, these uh, distilleries don't always have as established relationships with the third party brokers. So yeah, yeah, I, I would love to see more of that as well. And it's interesting that you went with the independent bottler angle for your wish, because mine, okay. the, the pendulum is going to kind of swing back the other one. Ah, a little bit. So all right. not that I don't like independently bottled releases. I do. I think there's, I think there's a, a place for both independent bottlers and direct from distillery releases. Oh, fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know yeah. it goes without saying that we're all in agreement there. And, um, you know, historically the pendulum was kind of on the independent bottler side of things. And it's only been in recent years that it's been swinging back more towards, you know, 
places like Hampton, Worthy Hampton. Park, mm-hmm. you know, putting mm-hmm. out their own branded releases and stuff like that, which has been awesome. But at the same time, I, I do think that independent bottlers bring some value of their own to the table and having those different perspectives out there is, is great. But here's here's my wish. Okay. And I think you're going to be in agreement with me. As okay. fun as it would be to, to get in a big fight tonight, <laughs> I think this will be something we're in agreement on. So this is a bonus episode. We, we might fight. <laughs> That's right. We'll throw um, down. More accessible, limited releases from particularly major distilleries. Um, and uh, what I, where I started with this was I was thinking to myself, every major distillery should be doing regular single cask releases. But then in my mind, yes. I was like, single casks are great. But at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't have to be single cask releases. I, what I'm looking for is just some sort of out of the ordinary limited releases that come out consistently and are, you know, I'm not talking about like 20,000 bottles or something like that, but mm-hmm, hopefully mm-hmm. more than just a thousand or 2000 bottles. What I'm looking for are those like sweet spot limited releases that bring something different to the table, but are also still accessible for a lot of people. And what I, what I don't want in all this is you don't need to go overboard on age it doesn't have to necessarily be cask strength, but I'd like to mm-hmm. see something like minimum, you know, 90 proof or so, somewhere there around there would be great. And right. if possible, the price range I'm looking for is just something that's under $100 a bottle. And the the types of producers I'd love to see this from more are Mount Gay, Appleton, Don Q, Barbancourt, Angostura, mm-hmm. these, these bigger Well-established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more established where we mm-hmm. don't, get that peek behind the curtain as often, you know, I think Mm -hmm. the, the template for distillery that does this really well is St. Lucia distillers, which we've talked about a lot before, but their master selection series is great. And it really gets you, it enables you to see another side of the distillery and kind of, you know, celebrate their, their skill in distillation and all the different components they have and showing Mm -hmm. you all the individual pieces of the puzzle, you know, that that they put together in their blends. And, you know, the, the classic example of what I would like to see less of, and I'm not saying this has to go away, but if you're going to do what I'm about to describe, I would like for you to do something that's similar to the more accessible release that I just described. But what comes to mind for me is like, the Master Blenders collection from Mount Gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, nothing against Mount Gay, nothing against the quality of those releases. The ones that I've been able to try are fantastic. You know, everyone involved with those is doing a killer job. But it's usually, I think the latest release is about 2,700 bottles or so. The price right. is usually around $250. And, you know, some amount of that is 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 going back into the fancy box that it comes in, which I I don't need a box. I don't need a box for these releases. I know, I know the box, the the Mount Gay (laughs) box. It looks beautiful. I, I, what I'm talking about for this, for this kind of release I'm describing, I don't need the box. So, you know, just just save your boxes, uh, keep the price down, keep sustainability more high, you know, whatever. But that's what I would like to see less of from producers because those sell out super fast only a small number of people can experience them and they're mm-hmm. prohibitively priced for a lot a lot of people. So yeah. I would really I would say take a hard look at what St. Lucia Distillers is doing. Also to an extent what you know Foursquare does with their ECS series. Look right. at those 
as kind of a template. And I, I would just love to see more of that from distilleries, the the, the established brands, because I, I really think they're, they're kind of outsourcing this to the independent mm-hmm. bottlers right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. we see these those types of releases I described from independent bottlers all the time from, from some of those distilleries I listed, but we don't see it from the distilleries themselves. And I don't quite, I'm sure there are some economic reasons for that, but it's working for some distilleries or appears to yeah. be from the consumer perspective. So I don't see why it can't work for many others. And I would love to see more of that in 2023. That's my wish. Yeah, I, I think you you started down the road of what my thought was, which is it has to make business sense also. Yeah. And so I get why there is that kind of very super premium, to use the Mount Gay example, uh, you know, $250 type of release. Because number one, it's like a status symbol thing. Yeah, S- silly is. as that is, I think that's where they go with that. It's like, oh, this is hard, super hard to get. And, you know, it's very expensive because it must taste good if it's that expensive, right? That's the whole kind of mm-hmm. train of thought. What I think there may be room for, and to support your argument here, is why not both? I think you yeah. can probably have both. And I don't think it's going to dilute that market necessarily um, because you still have that you know, whatever you want to call it, super ridiculous. We'll call it ridiculous premium. That's what I'm going to call those from now on. Ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous premium, premium. Yeah. offers. Ludicrous speed. The, the, <laughs> RP, the RP segment of the market. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can still have that that level that you're talking about, which is that, you know, couple of thousand bottle, still limited release, but in a better price point, it doesn't have to be, to your point, cask strength. I do think I, I, I prefer, like you said, I want to see a, a, a bottom 46 or 48 kind mm-hmm. of ABV on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm in full agreement with where you're going with it. And actually, I, I'm, I'm hoping to see that as well. So we're in line, like you said, no surprise, I guess. Uh, no fight this time. Uh, we're we're, we're on fine. the same page with it. It's, um, it's the but, time for people to come together, you know. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. the time for fighting here. Here at the, Agreed. the end of the year. Agreed. But but let's take some risks. I think our our through through line here between both of our wish is let's take some risks with it. Yeah. And it's easy for us to say we're not putting up the money. Obviously, we're just drinking it. But that's we'll what I'm it, hoping though, to what see. We're saying we pledge to buy it, <laughs> and we think there's a lot more people that will buy it with us. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. That was a fun little exercise. I think now let's go ahead and let's talk about some interesting releases that have come across the the interwebs in the last month or so. I think we'll start with the first one, which a lot of people have probably seen. This is a uh, I'll describe it as a pair of releases, even though it's more than two bottles. But mm-hmm. there were two interesting releases that La Maison and Bellier announced um, online in December, and. I, I, the, the first one is is pretty straightforward. It was just something called the Flag Series, which is basically, they describe it as a new range from La Maison and Velle, celebrating old rum casks from around the world. And, you know, pretty broad description, but the, the mm-hmm. first two releases mm-hmm. they announced are squarely in that description, I would say. One is a Fiji rum distilled in 2001. So this is a 20, 21 year old, yeah, yes, bottled 21. in twenty twenty two. So mm-hmm. a twenty one year old rum. Uh, some of it was it was aged initially in ex bourbon in Fiji until two thousand nine. Then mm-hmm. in two thousand ten, it was aged in Europe in an ex rum cask, bottled at cask strength, 
And the only thing that, that popped out to me uh, about that VG, like one, yes, this is very old. Like the description said, it's the, the purpose of this is to celebrate old rum casks. But yeah. it's also that year, 2001, that's the same year that the Holmes Key VG 2001 released right. that both you and I just talked about on our year in review episode, which when it came out claimed to be the oldest single cask VG rum ever released. So I think this one would... Uh, tie, if not possibly mm-hmm. exceed that that one, depending on how the months break down in that twenty first year. But right, um, so yeah, it, it, it just it just struck me that we're getting another uh, super mm-hmm. old Fiji, mm-hmm. and if it's as good or comes as close as that Hunks Key one, that would be a pretty pretty desirable catch right there. Yeah, you noticed it was in two thousand and one, which obviously uh, Americans are going to remember September eleventh, two thousand and one. This was actually distilled on September twelfth. Oh wow, two thousand and one. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, I mean you know. Obviously, way over in Fiji, it's you know uh, far away from that world event, but still sure uh, an event that it. was globally felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just a, a, a kind of a curious aside or or whatever that it. Was I don't know. Yeah, yeah it but, says distilled on twelfth of September two thousand one. I don't know how that date didn't immediately pop out to me, but yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. out there. It um, is interesting. And the other one they announced, it's a twenty-five-year-old Guyana rum. Uh, it says that it comes from their double retort wooden pot still which would be the port marat still and yeah aged in guyana for two years then uh it was aged in cognac barrels in europe for 23 years bottle at cask strength so obviously pretty pretty rare stuff in in yeah. that bottle and something it's not like we haven't seen guyana rums that old before but certainly something that's probably going to be pretty high quality but really the the it's the other release they announced that caught my eye more and part of that is because i'm pretty sure this one will also be coming to the u.s because there was a ttb label approval that went through for this one even though i believe the bottle pictured in the the photo they released is the european release since it has centiliters on the label but Mm -hmm. this was a the newest release in their papillon range of rums which I think listeners will be familiar with the Papillon rums that came out in 2022, which uh, those were a blend of rums from Hampton and Worthy Park, aged entirely in Jamaica. This one is following that style of release. Uh, However, this release is from Haiti. And instead of being a blend of two distilleries, it's a blend of five different distilleries in Haiti and then aged entirely at origin there. It's four years old. But what really stuck out to me about this, because when I initially saw it, it was just, you know, Papillon, Haiti blend of different producers, I was like, oh, this is probably kind of like... Common all. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that, where it's, you know, the four main uh, Claren producers, maybe some Sanson in there, because it does say five Haitian rums. It does say it's blended five on the label. However, that's not what it is. This is not an entire... Au contraire. Yeah, au contraire. This is not (laughs) a blend of Clarins. There are four Clarins in this, but the fifth is not a Claren. It is rum from Distillery de Port-au-Prince, also known as Providence Rum, which Mm -hmm. we we spoke to uh, Herbert uh, recently from Providence Rum on the podcast. So it's a blend of Vival, Sajus, Casimir, Le Rocher, and Distillery de Port-au-Prince. So... When I saw that that was part of the equation as well, I was like, oh, that's uh, that's not what I was expecting. And yeah, I, yeah. I also, um, maybe this was announced initially when the first Papillon rums came out, 
But I, I didn't realize that they were going to take that label and that line of releases beyond just Jamaica and Hampton and Worthy Park. Me so either. That yeah. was that was kind of news to me. Yeah, it's, I was a surprise to see it. And I see their their color scheme has uh, expanded as well. Some nice with, yellow uh, in there. It's a nice a, yellow. Nice, mm-hmm. Like a little a little accent of green there and the little yeah. the little emblem. It's nice. Yeah. By the way, I, I, you say Papillon. Mm hmm. And I, I have no idea. I mean, have you heard somebody else call also call that? Because I've also called it Papalin. Papalin. <laughs> and I don't I, I don't know why. This is or, the peril of, of having a podcast is you maybe. say words how you've been saying them in your head. <laughs> and it's not until you're being recorded that you start to think, wait, am I the only one who says it this way? Um, I feel like I've heard other people say Papalin, um, but maybe it is Papalin. Papalin. I'm not sure. I just don't know where to put the emphasis. Papalin? <laughs> the, the emphasis. Yeah, I don't know where it goes. Um, and one, one other note on this is that there's some interesting cast types were used in this. So they say there were, uh, the rums were aged in a mix of different casks including Coroni, Mount Gay barrels, Buffalo Trace bourbon casks, and even cognac casks. So all kinds of stuff going in here. And then you've got the four years of aging Mm -hmm. in Haiti, Mm -hmm. cask strength, 53.1%, and also like the previous releases, uh, 100% pot still distillation as well. So like like I said, I actually, I reached out to Kate Perry before we started recording. Haven't heard confirmation yet of if or when this is coming to the US. But like I said, they have gotten the label approved for the US all the way back in the summer. So hopefully they, they follow through on on those plans and some of this comes yeah. to the US uh, just as we got some of the uh, Jamaican Papillon releases. So it'd be great mm-hmm. to see that on our shores here. And I'm, I, I'm excited for that. That's certainly one I would buy on site for sure. Yeah. Do you find it interesting that they used the word only? It, so it doesn't just say pot still. It says only pot still. Um, I, I guess that's just to emphasize this is a big blend, but it's all pot still, and they're making that very clear. Yeah, I think that's just to kind of like play up the the exclusivity factor, you know. Um, and I think Velier has always had kind of a, a love affair with with pot stills, you know, that's having true. the the, the habitation yeah. uh, line, which is all 100 percent pot still. So you know, only I, it's yeah. a little it's a little marketing, um, and yeah. I think it's. I just wanted smart. to be in the yeah. room when that happened. They're like, they, you know, it said four year old pot still, and somebody was like, no, only, only pot, pot still. still, and they were and like, someone yes. was like, someone was like, what if yeah. we said exclusively, and then they had a whole like seven hour <laughs> debate over whether and then it was we went only back to only, yep. Yep. yeah, I like um, only better. Yeah. I, before we move on to the next one here, I just wanted to quickly say with the flag series, did you also notice the the, the art on these two bottles? And I know, like you said, these bottles may change for the U.S. market, but mm-hmm. that it almost strikes me as deconstructed flag. Yeah, it's kind uh, of like um, God. I, I'm I have. It's such, not Mondrian, right? I have it's, such little art knowledge art, and art yeah. history, but when I see when I see it, um, my brain wants to just say cubist. I have no idea if it's actually cubist yeah, or not, but it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like deconstructing the flags, like right. you were saying, and like really kind of bringing out the geometry of them in yes, some way. Yes, it makes me think of geometry when I see it. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's no surprise to me that I find the labels. Very well done, as I typically do from La Maison and Bellier products. They're nice. I like these also, and I think there's something to it. I, I expected somehow that deconstructing the rum also was going to follow. I don't see that necessarily as being the case here. Mm, yeah. um, but I figured somehow that might have had something to do with it. But it just could have been a nice looking label. And they were like, well, we can't use the exact flag, but we can make it look flag-ish. 
Yeah. Well, so. honestly, I think like if they just use the exact flag, I don't know if it would look quite as cool. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it. For once, we agree on that. Yeah, <laughs> they're both nice looking <laughs> labels. I like them both. They are. So, um, all right. Yeah. Moving on, the next one. This this is not a new release necessarily, but when I was scrolling through the TTB registry, which is the registry where labels are approved in the United States, I noticed a brand name that I had never seen there before, which was Longito, one of the distilleries on Guadeloupe, and something that I see quite a bit um, from friends out there in Europe. I know their releases are quite prevalent over there, but mm-hmm. I've never seen their rums in the US. And I, when I saw that, I was like, wait a second, have they ever even been distributed in the US. And, you know, after looking into it, texting a few people, I can't find uh, a a time where that brand has been distributed or or carried in the US. And so seeing these label approvals, um, which they were approved on December 15th, and it was for their entire range of, or I, I won't say entire range, but a large part of their unaged rum range. So they, they have rums at 40% ABV, 50%, 62%, 55%. There's a label approved for all four of those. And there's also a label approved for um, one of their aged expressions as well. And mm-hmm. part of the reason why this was exciting to me, um, listeners won't know this yet, but uh, in a forthcoming episode, the probably our next episode we'll be releasing, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if not then sometime in January, we talked to someone who just spent quite a bit of time in Guadeloupe and Martinique as well, and Marie Gallant, which I believe is part of Guadeloupe, mm-hmm. and had a chance to visit most of the distilleries there. And it really just, it was already in the back of my mind how much more I think there is, especially for American rum enthusiasts to explore from those places because Europe is just so far ahead of us in terms of what's what's available from from those islands over there. But so getting another Guadalupe distillery here in the US, I think would be a, a really, really positive thing. And I, I, I would be very excited mm-hmm. about it. So hopefully these label approvals mean that that is indeed what is going to happen. Yeah, I'm over the moon for this. I, I agree with you fully that I'm looking forward to more agricole rum and uh, it's specifically that Guadalupe rum mm-hmm. being available. So that is a very good thing. And 2023 is looking up. Yeah, it certainly is. And then last but not least, I wanted to cover actually something from our own shores here in the U.S. This actually, the label approval for this just came in. I believe it was today, December 29th, when we're recording this. So it may have been fate. Um, Mm. But this is a distillery that I am enthusiastic about. I had the chance to visit them for the first time in 2022 uh, and tasted a bunch of really fun stuff. It's from Rulison Distilling in New Orleans. And this is a bottled in bond rum release which anytime I see that phrase put on a bottle of rum, it just makes me feel happy inside, John. I don't know. Does, do, when you <laughs> see bottled in bond, do you get as excited as I do? You know, I, I do actually. Coming from bourbon, I guess that it means something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's automatically feels like there's some sort of quality statement attached to that mm-hmm. phrasing. Uh, although I, I see they didn't use bottled hyphen in hyphen <laughs> bond. Don't don't focus on the, the lack of hyphens, John. That that you know I I'm missing hyphens here. I don't know. 
<laughs> people it's screwing me up. People don't want to hear the hyphen breakdown right now on the Rumcast, I don't think. <laughs> but I will agree that I noticed that as well as, as someone who <laughs> thank writes you. for a living. Uh, the thank lack you. of hyphens. I actually I don't know which way is the is the correct way. Um, I know. Hi- well, I was about to break down grammatical rules of hyphens. Literally, no one wants to hear that. So let's just stay focused. <laughs> On That's the, the bonus bonus episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Only so, so bottled and bond, as you alluded to, it's terminology that's used quite a bit in bourbon. Uh, there are some other rum distilleries that have used it. All of them, to my knowledge, have been in the U.S., which I think makes sense because I believe the the term itself it's codified in American law. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if any other country uses the same language. I'm I sure there may so. be equivalent yeah. language, but right. Other distilleries that you may have seen use this, Privateer is one. I, I, I think mm-hmm. they were the first to do it. Mm-hmm. And I know Wicked Dolphin Distillery in your neck of the woods in, in Florida, yep. they've done it as well. But it was basically, and the, the back label this really is on release goes into the, the backstory, but there was a, a, it was a consumer protection law, basically, right. the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. Yep. And it was designed to, to protect the consumer from adulterated uh, whiskey, brandy, rum, uh, you know, whatever liquors were, were po- uh, popular and being sold at the time. Basically, if, if it has bottled and bond on the label, that means uh, it was aged at least four years in wood. There was nothing added to it except water, and it has to be at least 100 proof as well. And so it's kind of like a, a quality mark for American spirits, essentially. And it's it's always been a little puzzling to me why more American producers don't utilize that terminology since there is such a desire for transparency and no additives amongst rum geeks. And, you know, if you're a small craft distillery in the U.S., that's kind of who you should be targeting. Um, yeah. Well, you, you really should be focused on your local market, but also, you know, beyond that, if you can do something to get the attention of the rum geeks, I think that's always good. So... Seeing another distillery do bottled and bond terminology, I think is great. And this rum is actually, I know it's it says at least four years. This one was distilled in the spring of 2017 and mm-hmm. bottled fall 2022, according to this label that was approved. So this will be uh, an over five-year-old rum, which is, for me, when you get to four or five years from uh, an American craft rum distillery that's kind of where oh like they've been around for a while they've been at this like they've been open long enough to have a five-year rum that's somewhat noticeable Mm -hmm. um but also like i said i this is just it's one of the you know select american rum distilleries that i think is worthy of attention from the rum community and does really interesting stuff you know they're doing long fermentations they're doing dunder they have their own little barrel of muck um that they have there the distillery which i got to stick my head in while i was there um oh, it was God. it was actually quite lovely it smelled of uh kind of like like strawberries and and uh yeast basically but it was yeah. it had so you this, didn't stick your head into the actual muck it wasn't just a dunk. the barrel containing dunk. the muck. i wasn't bobbing okay for, you weren't for, dunked it wasn't okay. bobbing for muck i just want to make sure anything. i avoided that rum that your head was in okay <laughs> yeah, yeah the head did not break the surface but um you know i had to really fan the aroma into my face but so they're doing some cool stuff there and historically i you know i've had some of their they do all their age stuff is typically single barrel because you know they're small i've always liked their unaged stuff more than their age Mm -hmm. stuff but Mm -hmm. this this past visit i got to try some stuff and a lot of it was really interesting to me and so i'm i'm curious about what five years would do with their rum Um, because like i said if you've had their unaged rum it is it's funky, but it is not funky in the same way that like a Jamaican rum is funky. Mm. It's 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 its own 
brand of Louisiana funk, whatever they're doing, it, it's different. And I, I've seen people have very passionate reactions one way or the other about it, but I, I really enjoy, they have an overproof rum in particular, uh, an unaged overproof rum that, that I enjoy quite a bit. So just seeing the bottled and bond language, I think is interesting and notable. I'd love to see more distilleries kind of trying to champion that language, particularly those in the US. I don't think it makes as much sense necessarily for distillers right. from other places that, you know, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. don't have that tradition or whatever to, to use it. But I think it's a great thing for transparency and for people to see that on a rum label, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, I like what they did with the the label also here. By the way, I, I know you will know this. Rule is on I want to say that means rolling or roll, something like that. Is there a meaning to that that you know of? So I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, yes. Okay, I, it came to mind. I was pretty sure it's like French term for the sugarcane harvest. Um, right. I, I okay. double checked their website, and it says the French Creole term for the sugarcane harvest. So uh, it might not be. It it, it probably isn't used yeah. the, the same way in French, but yeah, regional yeah. French Creole term for the sugarcane harvest, which. Makes sense. Um, I know they do source all their, mola- their it's all molasses based rum. It really is not, although they did do a small batch one off cane juice release at one point that I enjoyed quite a bit, but they do get all their molasses locally down there, mm-hmm. I think directly from a mill. So yeah, it, it, it kind of goes into their whole ethos of, you know, locally sourced ingredients and kind of celebrating yeah. the all things yeah. Louisiana. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one, and yeah. I, I'm sure it's going to be limited as as things from sm- distilleries as small as really on typically are. When I say it's small, mm-hmm. by the way, like when I went there for the first time, like you walk in and you basically like you turn to your left, turn to your right, look straight ahead, and like you can see everything. Basically, <laughs> like it's it's a sm- <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't say that to like be dismissive or whatever because I think what they're right. doing with with what they have is really impressive. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a small distillery, so I would not expect this to be like a thousand bottles or anything. But it's certainly one I'm going to keep an eye out for and uh, try to try to get my hands on some when it comes out. There's only one way to get to a thousand bottle releases, and that is to start with their doing and and gain <laughs> reputation and make good rum, and you'll keep going. And exactly. Uh, exactly. I like the the other things on this one. After bottled and bond, it it reads like a movie trailer to me. They need to get movie trailer guide. <laughs> does, it to say, with, does it start one with one distiller, <laughs> one season, one, one distillery? distillery. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it, it's it's you know it's boldly put there in a way that I think is is cool and makes sense. And a pro- apropos, by the way, yeah, because the last sentence on the back, I don't know if you saw this, was. To see, it's saying, you know, enjoy this glass of truly exceptional long-awaited rum and have a toast with us to the future. To the future. To 2023. To the future. As we are doing so, right now. Yeah. Exactly. I, you saying the movie trailer thing, um, I could picture that text on the front label doing like a, a vertical scroll, you know, like yeah. uh, the Star Wars <laughs> intro. The Star Wars, yeah. yeah. I could see that, yeah. Anyway, yep. yeah, so that's a handful of releases that will hopefully be coming up in the first part of 2023, depending on timing and everything, of course. All of this, particularly the ones we're looking at from the TTB registry, there's a bit of speculation involved there. But stuff that caught our attention, stuff that we're excited about, stuff that I think people listening would be excited about. But yeah, here is to a great 2022. I, you know, some things were great in 2022. Some <laughs> things weren't as are typical in most years. But here at the mm-hmm. Rumcast, for the Rumcast, it was a great year. And yeah. we are looking forward to 2023. Uh, we thank everyone again for listening and hope you enjoyed this little uh, slice of a, a, 
our bonus episodes. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of these, if you'd like to, we actually, right after this, we're doing our uh, December happy hour for our, our Cask Strength patrons. So if you would like to get all of these episodes going forward, you can go to patreon.com slash the rumcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the rumcast. We'll also have a link in the show notes, but thanks to everyone for listening out there. Yeah. I know we said it on the last episode, but we truly do appreciate the support, the community, the comments that are always shared. It's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's awesome. It's uh, why we love doing the show. So thanks to all of you. And John, cheers to 2023. This may be the last uh, the last evening I see you before it's 2023. So see you next you, year. Hope you have a great a great New Year's <laughs> Eve celebration. Hope you celebrate responsibly. You know, have some rum, but don't drink too much. You don't want to wake up on January 1st feeling like crap to start 2023. So be responsible out there, everyone. But uh, yeah, cheers to everyone and have a great New Year. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.